Do you want to start a business to give your family more freedom? Do you desire to have a marriage that makes your friends jealous? Do you want to spend more quality time with your children? We are your hosts, Matt and Jocelyn Woodruff, and we cannot wait to share this journey with you. Welcome to our family-friendly podcast. Join our conversations where we talk about how to build a business that will give us the freedom we choose. Welcome to the Family Life Movement Podcast. Welcome to the Family Life Movement Podcast. We have with us again, Winston Faircloth. For over 35 years, Winston has provided executive level leadership of multi-million dollar business organizations. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast, Winston. Thank you. Thanks. Glad to be back. Winston, you've been dropping some awesome knowledge, and I cannot wait to hear the knowledge and the goodness that you bring for this one. So let's go ahead and just jump right in. Winston, you have got a lot going on your uh, you know, uh, several different businesses and making a move and, and different things like that. You're speaking at events. If anyone's following your Facebook, you're in a new place. It seems like every week. Uh, so you've got a lot going on. What are some of the best ways that you have found to accomplish your goals in your work, life, family, and business? You know, um, I think ha intentionality is a huge part of, of success. I had a coach and mentor yesterday that I was at a workshop and she was talking about how if we don't have intentionality for our day, things can just blend together. And a lot of times we're thinking we're more productive than we are because life just kind of overwhelms us. And she used the uh, analogy of Neapolitan ice cream <laughs> as an example. You've got to be of a certain age to know what this is. Where you have <laughs> chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry all in one container. And she says, what makes that ice cream delicious is because they're separate in one container. And she said the same things with our time. If we don't have hard boundaries around the intention around our day, our, she said, if you take all the uh, Neapolitan ice cream and it melts, it mm. doesn't look like any of the flavors. Mm. It looks like, a, it looks like a, a light brown instead of the strawberry, chocolate, vanilla in very distinct buckets. And so having distinct time blocks or day or intentions for our days, I think really makes a big difference. So for example, when you are not working, having hard boundaries around not looking at emails and not thinking about work, let your brain get away from work when you're having that family time. And when you are working with your clients, you keep those boundaries tight too. And it may be that that's a very small percentage of your overall week that you're doing client facing work. But when you're doing that, that's your entire focus. And so uh, her point was, is that we tend to, we tend to think that we're great at multitasking and that we're really good at being able to switch, but there's a cost of switching between those functions and it can cost our family time, it can cost our concentration time with our clients, and it can cross our preparation time. And those are really the three buckets that she was referring to. Mm -hmm. Free time that you're totally off the grid with work uh, and you're focused on the family. There's time that you're really serving your clients and you're 100% focused on that. And then there's uh, the most important time is the preparatory time mm -hmm. that uh, helps you prepare for your family time or prepare to, fo to focus on your clients. And that those are three distinct buckets, chocolate, strawberry, vanilla, 
that you need to keep separate as much as you can. I love that analogy. I thought it was a great help to me because I'm not that great at that either. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good point that, you know, that if they melt together, it's no longer Neapolitan ice cream. <laughs> it's, really, it's a mess. It's yeah, a mess that doesn't really taste, taste right? well. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what kind of a mindset do you think that people need to have before they're really digging into this business ideas? You know, I think you have to have a belief in yourself and in the value that you're bringing to the marketplace. A lot of people think they have to be the expert or they have to be super accomplished to bring a service of value to other people. And that's not the truth. The truth is you just have to be a few steps ahead of the people that you're helping and mentor. And in a lot of cases, the, the fact that you're not so far ahead of them in your work makes you more approachable, makes you more believable in being able to help somebody with like starting a business or, uh, you know, I've got one of the, one of my clients is helping blended families uh, mm -hmm. deal with the dynamics of, you know, mm -hmm. uh, two sets of parents and all of that. Well, she comes from a very authentic place because she's in that spot and she's just a little bit ahead of maybe some other families that she'd like to help. And so I think sometimes you know, you've probably heard the, the phrase that comparison is the thief of joy. And sometimes we can hold up these mentors as, you know, super accomplished and, and super all together. And yet we really don't want to work with them because they're too far ahead of us. Mm -hmm. And so I think for most business owners getting started is number one, realizing that you don't have to have it all settled before you can start serving people. You just have to be a few steps ahead of somebody else. And then number two is I think you have to really understand the value that you're bringing to the marketplace. And I think this is the hardest mindset thing of all because, so let me get, ask you guys a question. Um, do you pay other people to perform services for your family? Um, you do it all yourself? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I try to think of like what you we fix might... your car. You oh, fix your oh yeah. <laughs> you fix your own car. You do, um, you have, you can do all the repairs on your house. You can... <laughs> no, we definitely don't. <laughs> okay. So, so, so why do you, and, and or do you pay people, do you pay some people to do some things that you could do, but you choose not to do? Yeah, and we could we could do the research and figure out how to change the oil in our own car. We could, uh, we could, I mean, we could figure out how to do a lot of these things. But yeah, well, we and pay you, people to. You pay people to do things that are maybe not in your zone of genius, or you choose not to do. Um, and but you know what, the people that do that, the people who change that oil, they probably do that pretty quickly and and you know much more quickly than you would do, or yes. yep. maybe even much more joyfully than you would do. <laughs> and and so and so I think this is the this is the paradox. I call this the value paradox. We we are willing to pay others to do things that are hard for us to do. Yeah. But when it comes time to charge somebody else for something that's easy for us to do. Mm. we have a hard time putting the right kind of value on that. Um, and I hope that everyone that works in business is doing something that feels joyful for them, that feels easy for them to do. You know, a lot of people, uh, you know, people say, well, what business should I do or what business could I do? 
my mentor said, one of my mentors says that if you get the same question from three different people on a particular piece of advice or something that, you know, that people come to you naturally for, that's probably a business opportunity. Um, or uh, things that really come very easily and naturally to you, just recognize that that's not true for everyone. And that's your opportunity to do something as well. So, but I find that a lot of people don't even think about doing X as a business because they think, well, no one will ever pay for that. And they just, because it's easy for you, doesn't mean it's easy for everyone that's in mm -hmm. your circle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how, how do we decide how much our products are actually worth? Like, that's well, yeah. when it comes, yeah, when it comes to coaching, I think, I think it's really important to charge the number that it takes that for your client to get the most transformation. And let me give you a reason why I say that you probably have downloaded a dozen or two dozen free eBooks from <laughs> online gurus out there on the internet. And I'd ask you yep. to look at that and say how many of those you've actually opened and used. Uh, one, <laughs> I would say it's probably hundreds on my, <laughs> yeah. Well, versus, versus if you've paid for a course, if you've paid for a course, what is your level of commitment to getting your value from that compared yeah. to the free? Much course? higher. Yes. Yes. That, and that so that's, and so that's the same thing for your clients. A lot of times the price you're setting is around what the transformation or the value that you're going to draw out of your client. Mm. Um, and so it's important in some cases, some of these things are life-changing type scenarios for people. It's important that you're charging enough that it will drive the transformational change that you're hoping for. And so I'm not a big fan of giving away uh, things for free because I don't see people show up in the same way as people who are invested. And, you know, this is an exchange of energy. This is an exchange of expertise. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important. I, I'm here for my clients transformation first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I get to also benefit from that is the secondary thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I love that. One of the things we have a lot, we have such difficulty with is deciding what we should what we should charge for our coaching, for our books, for our courses and stuff like that. Why is valuing our products so difficult? Well, I think, again, I think what you're teaching and what you're uh, sharing with the world is something that comes very easily and naturally for you. And so it's hard for you objectively to see that as, as, as being super valuable. And yet, as you see the transformation in your clients and you get the refer references and the compliments for what you've helped them accomplish, you know, you can't put a price tag on some of those changes. It's really hard uh, to do. So I think, you know, the thing about being in business is that it's completely an experiment. You are the CEO of your own company. And so mm. I, you know, part of what we talk about when I'm working with my clients is what would be joyful for you to, to charge your clients? What, what would bring you joy? What would bring you satisfaction? And what do you think would drive the most transformation and change in your clients? And you know what? If on Monday that's $400 and on Wednesday that's $200, then, you know, that's, that's totally in your 
wheelhouse to make that call in terms of what what that's going to be. Um, <laughs> and you know, I think we we want it like perfect and fair and all of that, but you know, uh, we can stay in decision confusion. Yeah. For, for months. And, you know, pr probably the biggest problem I see with, with new business owners is over planning, overthinking, working on things that really don't bring value to your clients. Um, yeah, I got my first coaching clients without a website, without a mailing list, without anything that the gurus say, you, um, you know, you're supposed to have. I got my first clients through having conversations with people mm. and, and, and then they were, you know, they kind of saw me on some Facebook lives and things like that, but that was before I had a website or email list or anything else. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to, no one buys off of a business card. True. Yeah. They buy off the no, no like and trust. And uh, the more you can show up and, and uh, help just be, have a heart of service for people mm -hmm people will, will gravitate to people who are, who know what they're talking about, who, who genuinely care about their transformation and, and they'll have a lot of grace about you not being completely organized and having everything buttoned up. Hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. um, so how do we find those clients that are willing to pay for the services when we're just getting started? especially if we're not doing it for free to get, yeah. to get those testimonials. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really recommend uh, that you build, that you co-create your first product with a handful of your, of your people in your inner circle. So for example, one of the things I teach in my beta building programs is that you beta program building programs is that you come up with your concept of what you would like to teach and, and the value you would like to bring in a very simple one page document that really kind of explains their world of pain and the world of possibility that you're going to take them to by virtue of working with you. And you got to show that contrast. It's important. It's more important to talk about uh, their pain and their possibilities. And how do you get that? Well, it starts with asking people their uh, some questions about what you so say you want to teach a course on cooking um, and, you know, cooking for the busy family. And, uh, you know, so first you're going to look at your circle of friends and say, who is, who has a busy family that they just seem frazzled and just always going to the drive through instead of cooking nutritious meals for them. Reach out to those folks, have a conversation, ask them what, you know, ask them what their troubles are, what their pain points are capture their their exact words even record those interviews so that you are capturing the spirit and the and their feelings and once you've got a good fix on what their problem is then you come up with your solution what's the what's the roadmap what is the what's the what's the way that you want to help them solve that maybe it's a series of meal planning cards maybe it's a, a grocery list maybe it's uh maybe it's you do this with another family and you share you do this together um there's a whole host of ways you can solve that but when you're ready to bring this product to the world i don't i don't recommend people going out and building this big old course and hope that people will come and buy it i would rather have it the first round 
you have some customers co-create this with you. And what that means is uh, you go back to that same circle of friends and you say, here is, here's what I heard you say is the problem. Here's what I'm proposing as the solution. And how would you like to be part of my first round of solving this problem? And I'm going to give you this course for the lowest price. I'll ever sell it again. Mm -hmm. And know that it's not fully baked and I'm going to adjust it on the fly based upon what, how we uh, experience this together. And I did this with a group of people this summer in building a, a beta course. And it's been remarkable in terms of I had people actually pay for it in advance. So I wasn't building something that, you know, you've probably seen these courses or you probably built these courses before where you, we have the course, you ship it out to your friends and family and they said, Oh, this is a great course. It's like, well, are you going to pay for the course? And they, and the course, I would rather have feedback from people who have paid for something as opposed to friends and family who will give me encouragement, but not pay for something. Yeah. So, yeah. so I think part of this, part of this strategy is to say, uh, having paid customers co-create this with you, you're going to get more, you're going to get better feedback. You're going to get more realism in terms of what would really help them. And you're actually being paid to build this course. And at the end, you have people who have been through the experience, have results and are your testimonies so that when you're ready to launch the real product later, air quotes, um, you, you know what the value is. You've had people that go through it and are references and they will become your raving fan salespeople to help you spread the word when you're ready to do it later. And I think the other thing that gives you from a sales perspective is confidence in the value. Mm -hmm. I think that's the hardest thing when you're tossing out prices and, and trying to figure out what to do. It really comes down to what you believe the value is of this product and, and your commitment, your mindset, your belief is 90% of the, of the sale. If you hesitate or if you're uncertain or if you're, kind of go, Oh, I think it's valuable. I hope it's valuable. Well, people don't typically whip out their checkbooks or something like that. Mm -hmm. Right. They got to be sure. Like I need this. <laughs> well, and especially the more, the more that the more that you resonate with what they say, mm -hmm. what they said is their trouble. And the fact that you've already conquered most of the people that are teaching things have the results mm -hmm. already mm -hmm. you know, that they have, they have experience results. I mean, Matt has been killing it on weight loss this year. <laughs> and, you know, so if he wants to teach a course on the mindset that it takes to get that done, he has, he's ahead of other people who want that same mindset. Right. Mm -hmm. And so he's just the guy that, and that's a lot of people, what we teach is that we're just a few steps ahead of the others. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's credibility. I don't care what anyone else says. The fact that you've done it and are doing it, and even if it's not, you're not at the final destination, uh, you're doing something I'm not doing. I need your help. Mm -hmm. That's valuable. Yeah. And that, that's exactly who, you know, we're kind of inviting our listeners to join us on our journey because we're just starting to, <laughs> you know, and, and you'll be a few steps ahead of them. Yeah, we've, we've taken our first step of action. 
So, you know, and we're thinking we're going to be talking to people who are just behind us and haven't quite taken action yet. You were, well, the fact that you've taken action is <laughs> ahead of 95% of the folks who are out there, right? So congrats to you for doing that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Family Life Movement Podcast. I hope you had as much fun as we did. To hear our thoughts on the podcast and to continue this conversation, join our free Facebook group by searching for the Family Life Movement. See the show notes for links to our guest social media and websites and any resources that were mentioned will also be linked in the show notes. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please go rate and review and send us a screenshot and we will send you a special access gift. Join us next time for more conversations, tips, and tricks on growing your business around your family. Thanks for joining us and have a great day.